thanks for joining us again. Maddie, good to have you back on, mate. Uh, an action film or quasi-action film as <laughs> today's episode. We decided to go with a Robert Bronzy film, uh, The Gardener. But before we get to that, Maddie, because we haven't seen you in a while, what have you been watching, mate? All right. Um, we've done a lot of Wentworth, which is okay. It was all Good right. Good show, that. It's getting, yeah, it's getting a bit silly, but it's all right. We've got, we, I think we did five or six seasons of that. <clears throat> that was a, a big, big effort. We've been watching Bump on Stan, which is pretty good, good comedy. I watched the, I watched the entire Mist, the Mist, last couple of days, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I watched some some of the He-Man. I finished off that second season of the cartoon. That oh, was... is that, that's the one, the, the CGI? No, oh. the other one. Oh, yeah. The cartoon one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep watching it if that keeps coming up. That's pretty good. I watched um, The King of Long Island. Which was pretty good as well. I actually, I like the sentiment behind it. Anything Judd Apatow, I'm happy. Is that the King of the King of Staten Island? Is that the one King with of Staten Island? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, that one. It was pretty good. Marissa Tomei is solid. She's a really good actress. I'm happy yeah. with her, and and uh, I think they just do a good job of of you've sort of got a few different things going on with him. Him not being able to control himself because he's got his uh, his ADD and uh, just the level of responsibility that he gets when he's sort of uh, forced into a situation is pretty good and figuring out his roots and all that sort of thing. It's, it's just a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's, this is 40. We've been, we've been talking about 40ths uh, a little yep. bit, so I watched it. It felt a little bit like a documentary at times. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I watched uh, Day of the Dead, which popped up on Netflix. The original on Netflix one? And... Yeah, Not the yeah, one with old fucking... school one. Oh, so the this George, was... George Romero? George Romero, yeah. So the, they're 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 in a bunker, pretty much. Essentially, they've got a helicopter and they've, yeah, they've they've they're isolating and uh, down down in the bunker. And there's like the army people versus the the others that just sort of want to try and and figure out and work slowly and use science. And then the the military people just want to kill everyone. So it's it was good. It was that was pretty entertaining. I watched. Uh, Big Mouth. I watched the. I watched the. I think two seasons of that, which was pretty good. It's funny. It's a bit off color a lot of the time, but uh, sort of a bit of shock value is not a bad thing. And I watched uh, the 2018 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which you guys Ooh, yeah. tore apart. Yep. Oh yeah. How'd you go with that one? Well, I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. I, <laughs> I thought it had some. It had some good parts in it. I obviously hadn't seen the old ones, so yeah. I wasn't. I had no emotional so you connection. Were perturbed by a yeah. by a bloke who was previously on a farm turning up in an orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't irritate me one little bit. <laughs> didn't get as bothered. But by that I thought it had some. I thought it had some quality when the when the girls in the car and all you can see is the rearview mirror. He's like dragging bodies and wearing faces. You know, I thought that was. I thought that pretty part good. Was the, that that section was yeah that, really good actually. And I thought there was t- you're sitting there going get the gun and she actually gets the gun but it doesn't help her like it's. Mm. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. And then the, I don't know, even in the, it got a bit silly, but in the bus when he's just tearing everybody apart with the chainsaw, yeah. I thought it was a good image. Like it was yeah, a, it was. I thought they, they went for something there. But again, you're, you guys were bang on when you were talking about how silly it was at times and yeah. useless characters and that sort of thing. Yeah, you bang on with that. Well, the issue with it is if they'd have done the right thing and actually tidied up the timeline 
and actually come to a legitimate reason why he was where he was, maybe some of that stuff would have stuck better. Mm. But yeah. because you've come from the fact that this guy went from being a fucking cannibal out of a farmhouse who's now suddenly lived in an orphanage his whole life and hasn't killed <laughs> to anyone. To living a peaceful, yeah. quiet life. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't understand what pull the old lady has yeah. to be able to keep him in, in the house as well. In check, yeah. As, as soon as she disappears, he's just on a rampage. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So the motivations are a bit off, but... And it's the worst business plan of all time. <laughs> it is. <I'm> sure. <laughs> I mean, get your deeds in order, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> they're heading out there unprepared. Oh, yeah, by the way, we've got a busload of people coming the hour that you get there. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't checked any of the houses out, but everyone's going to be there. Yeah, but the investors, the main investors are coming today. Mm. Yeah. It was a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think it deserved one and a half, guys. Come on. I think. Didn't Adam give it a half? Maybe one. <laughs> no, half. He gave it one, yeah. Adam. I've, yeah, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It will never get viewed again. <laughs> you say that. Yeah. You say that. Yeah. Knowing yeah. me, I'll fucking I'll come s- across it in 12 months' time going, I don't remember watching this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or... As I'm wont to do. Oh, there's a new one on the way. Fuck, I better watch every other one beforehand just to make sure I've got all the ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. I better get my ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe the people who wrote it should have done that. They would have had their ducks in a row Exactly. <laughs> their ducks were all over the fucking shop. <laughs> That was it. That was it. Yeah. All right. I'll go through mine because, as I said, I've got quality. I watched the Batman. I went and saw yes. the Batman. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked the take this time around. It was actually less an action movie, more of a almost like a dark thriller. Um, yeah. Primarily about the, a detective the story. Detective stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I thought and Rob Pattinson, Pattinson was, was awesome. Pattinson was good. And t- let me tell you something. If someone hadn't have told me Colin Farrell was in it, I would have been like, what the? Like, he is absolutely <laughs> yeah. unrecognisable yep. as a penguin. And Jeffrey Wright is possibly the best, I think, the best Jim Gordon they've had. Yeah, well, he gets a bit to do. Like, Yeah. He doesn't get the old... Pat Hingle treatment where he stares there going, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And Gary, I, I was, Gary Oldman obviously agreed. gets more to do as well, so those two sort of yeah, have a lot good. more to do. I actually I thought uh, Zoe Kravitz was a standout as well. She was excellent. But she I, was also yeah, good. I, I agreed. I, I, I saw it as well, obviously, Adam, and I, I loved the take that it was not the origin. Like, he'd obviously been doing this for a while. But everything was still in. Like, the Batcave wasn't quite the Batcave yet. He didn't give a fuck about being Bruce Wayne. Like, his whole life was still dedicated to, to, to this stuff. So Bruce Wayne was essentially a hermit to everyone in the city. And, yeah, I really dug that that angle that it was, wasn't the origin story, but he's still very much developing what's going on. And, yeah, I was very happy with it. Absolutely. They didn't rehash um, the origin story. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, I think everyone knows it by now, don't we? Very, very smart move by Matt Reeves because 
We've seen that. It's been done to death. You know, this movie was coming not that long after a couple of other Batman pictures, which weren't very well received. So, you know, there could have been a sense of Batman fatigue almost, you know. We're getting sick of this shit. We're seeing it every fucking couple of years. So to go on a slightly different tangent, go back to the whole idea of Batman being the world's greatest detective and some really cool things near the end that I actually felt were he'd led up to really nicely about kind of where Batman was going to um, once this movie's over. It's a prime example of, yeah, some of the things he's done are very different. Like some of the, the, the Riddler, for example, is different to how we've seen him portrayed before. But he clearly understands the material. And so he's making those decisions conscious of what people know these characters as, which is, you know, sometimes we just get it. Like we've spoken about some video game movies and, and comic movies and things where they just get it and change it just for, and you can't see a reason why. He clearly mm. knows the history. He knows the, bat, the, the, the Batman material. So the changes that he's making, they fit. You know, he made some really good ones that, are, that I was quite surprised by but really happy with to, like, well-established stuff. But the thing was, too, the, taking the Riddler in that direction was, it worked. I mean, there was nowhere, yeah. like, fuck, mate, we don't need Jim Carrey humping the air again. You know? No, no, no. We don't need any more joygasms. We've had plenty <laughs> of <laughs> Exactly. So to take it in almost like a serial killer element, that yeah. was, that fit perfectly with where he was going. And it fits, it, it fits like I said, he's, he's changed the character, but he still had that need to demonstrate to everyone how fucking smart he was and. And to be the the intellectual superior and all that sort of stuff, which is true to the character. Yeah, exactly. So I really loved it, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with it because I believe there's a, this is a trilogy type of setup as well. Yeah, I think he's got got plans. That's right. So I'm comfortable with where they're going based on what they they showed. Uh, I also went and saw Uncharted. Yes. Look, I'd say it was sort of middling. The, some of the action scenes were all right. You know, there was a little bit of banter here and there that finds its finds a bit of finds its groove. Tom Holland is always good, but I just kept seeing Spider Man. Like, yeah, he, he's just essentially Spider Man again, pretty much. And so it just didn't it didn't feel like the Uncharted computer games. And actually, I think they would have been better off just renaming it something else, personally. Yeah, I agreed. I, I saw it, and I came out of it thinking, yeah, that was a fun little fun little adventure yeah. flick. But, uh, yeah, Tom Holland, as, we, as you just sort of mentioned, he's good, but I didn't get quite the Nathan Drake vibes. No. Um, and Sully, like I went back and played through a couple of the games as well, and Sully is is he's kind of that obviously that father figure, but he's got that sort of roguish charm as well. And then when Wahlberg turns up, it's just it's Mark Wahlberg. Like it's yeah, I didn't the see the Sully for, character at all. No, I didn't either. And the problem for him, I think, is he's not really like because of the age of the characters. I just didn't get a father vibe. Like, Warburg's not in no. father territory just yet no. as an actor. So it, it wasn't going to work. And, look, I didn't think Warburg was bad. 
You no, know, he, he was he, just he was he was just Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I you, reckon, you can tell he was if, opening Wahlburgers and not worrying about this. Too much. Yeah, if if you <laughs> if you went into if you went into this and hadn't played the Uncharted games, you'd probably be reasonably happy. Hmm. But the reason we got four Uncharted games is because people obviously the gameplay was good, but people fucking liked the characters too. So if you go in having played through the games and 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 having a connection to them as we had you're inevitably going to be a little bit let down. Yeah. And for me, Jared, you, if there's nothing that was in that movie that you couldn't have had Nathan Fillion, even now. Oh, fuck. Yeah, just do it. Go for I'll it. I'll tell you the only difference is $300 million at the box office. That's, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. only thing that doesn't happen because Fillion but doesn't see, have that why, kind of pull. But this is why you take a property that's already got recognition, right? Like, hmm. The Uncharted games sold so many fucking copies that are you really going to be that that down on the box office if you cast? You're still making decent box office, and if you needed to, if you needed to cut the budget a little bit with Fillion, well, you do because he's you're not paying twenty million squid. You hedge your bets. You 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 go for one of the big names with the character, but you also go for one that maybe isn't so well known, but he's going to fit the character better that we. That was sort of established. I personally, I don't think you're going to miss the box off. Well, this is it. You could even make Sully that, like, find a big star in the Sully role. Yeah, and but Fillion's your guy as Nathan Drake because he is kind of Nathan Drake. Well, you know, in the way his characters he's portrayed in other shows and stuff, that's kind of who he is. That's right. Everyone said it. That's whatever. Well, you watch Firefly. Obviously, there's a bit of time passed since then, but that age that age bracket, even when he was doing Firefly, it's essentially the same character. Mm. And you love Mal Reynolds in Firefly because of the same reasons that you love Nathan Drake. Like sometimes he covers up his his, you know, he makes dumb decisions with all this fucking bluster, and yeah. but even while he's doing that, he's he's dropping these lines that you know are charming you. But then he's also got the ability to show a little bit of heart, a little bit of, you know, take on some of those dramatic scenes. I was, I was think, yeah, there was a real missed opportunity that we never really got that other than the fan film that they made. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you who would, wouldn't make a bad Sully as an older man. Kurt Russell. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah, because he's got that. Yeah, Jack Burton had that roguish bullshit as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but he's got the father figure capabilities. Mm. It would have been interesting to see them go that route. But I mean, look, the film's not a fucking turd. And quite no, frankly, it's, it's I, fun. I, I'm actually, I'd actually be happy to see a sequel. Yeah, if you're gonna, well, if you're gonna expand like- things a little bit. Yeah, it looks like if we do get a sequel, it's going to basically lead into more of what we're expecting. They did the classic thing where you've just got to squeeze, oh, we'll start a franchise with this one, so we'll take it from, from right from the get-go. Whereas yeah. the end of the movie was the part where I thought, yeah, okay, well, this is looking a bit more like what we what we want. Yeah. But, yeah, well, it was all right. It was all right. Now, I, I've watched the first two episodes of Winning Time, Jared. The Lakers dynasty. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think it's pretty well made. I believe uh, someone's coming out and contradicting the way they've uh, they've portrayed Jerry West. And 
He wasn't yeah, a yeah, well, raging think, asshole. So, yeah, I watched the first episode. Even when I was watching it, because I've read the book that it was based on, and I've read, the, I mean, I've read a bunch of shit about that that era of the Lakers. And so I was a little bit confused because I'd always thought, you know, everyone said Jerry West was basically a fucking tortured soul by all the losing. And even when they were winning, he couldn't seem to enjoy it. He was always fucking stressed out. But they never said he was, like, angry. They, they were kind of like he was he was almost, you know, people didn't not get along with him or anything like that. They, they sort of said he was just a tortured guy. And and he kind of tortured himself, not other people. Whereas Jason Clark's fucking <laughs> snapping golf clubs and yelling at people and calling everyone a fucking asshole and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and they sort of they also the other part is they also portray him as like it's a very quick portrayal early on, but they almost portray him as not being able to spot talent in in Magic Johnson. Yeah. <clears throat> whereas the guy's reputation is he's he's a fucking elite talent scout. Basically, so yeah, that part did confuse me, but I did enjoy the show. John C. Riley's fucking fantastic. Oh, he's um, even better in the second episode, yeah. smoozing with all the, the owners bit- at one point. It's piss funny. I, I like the I like how they're sort of showing Kareem's portrayal. You know, Kareem had that that sort of surly surly reputation. Yeah. I loved the part where they showed him. They kicked off with the scene in airplane, and you get yeah. the laughs and whatever. And then the kid comes up to him afterwards and says, "Mister." Mr. Jabbar, can I get an autograph? Fuck off, kid. <laughs> Back <laughs> onto the trailer. I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is good quality stuff. But yeah, very yeah, entertaining. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, John C. Riley is fucking awesome. His portrayal of G- Jerry Buss is just hilarious. I mean, I just love him getting about these flared strides and his <laughs> his la- la- big lapel jackets and his shirt open down to the navel. <laughs> Yeah. Around. You know, I, I really I really like his his performance and the show is, is interesting enough. I haven't read that book either, so it's it's sort of coming as a little bit more uh, a bit of an info dump for me about that period. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now I've also been watching uh my daughter is not really a sports person. She she's been banging on about Drive to Survive on Netflix. The F one. Which is the the Formula One yeah. um, series. And I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I don't hate Formula One and I know it's fucking very skilled, but I was like, oh, it doesn't really do much for me. But we said we'd give it a go. It's bloody awesome. Like, they've really mm. done a fantastic job. You know, they build some tension into it. The season sort of goes along and there's all these machinations going on with drivers and you see what's going on in the pit. And there's a couple of team principals, these guys who manage the teams. Mate, one bloke in particular, his name's Gunter. <laughs> he is just, you constantly hear him on the phone telling people, oh, look, we could look like rock stars, but now we look like fucking idiots and all that sort of shit. <laughs> uh, he's, he's hilarious. And then midway through the second season, we meet the team principal for Mercedes. His name's Toto Wolf. And he looks like, he, he looks and sounds like Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the bloke. <laughs> but as far as shows go, the way they edit it together and they actually build some tension into it, it's really, really well done. And the episodes are only about half hour, half half an hour each. Hmm. So definitely worth a look. I watched a couple of other films. Uh, a Dennis Quaid film called The Intruder. Anyone heard of this yep. one? No. 
Uh, it's the classic kind I'm of hand that rocks Quaid a... kind of guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all yeah. are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Randy's the one with the talent. <laughs> Dennis was just. Let's face it. I mean, I believe Randy got nominated for an Oscar, didn't he? Before his his issues <laughs> came up. Yeah. But this one's kind of like your classic hand that rocks the cradle type of thing, you know, this bloke, this this pair, this couple buy a, a house, a really nice house in the country, owned by Dennis Quaid, and of course, he can't seem to let it go, he keeps turning up all the time, and then it starts opening up this, you know, he may have killed his wife, and all this sort of shit, you know, so he turns into an absolute psychotic. Yeah, look, avoid it. <laughs> it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix, right, so okay. skip it. I also watched one that came on Disney Plus uh, called No Exit. Uh, yep, it's part of the star too. stuff. You watched that? Mm-hmm. I really liked yeah, I the did. concept. Yep. The concept and the idea behind what was happening, but they, they just kind of blew it in a sense of they gave it away immediately. Yeah, it was fairly predictable. Yeah. As to like, what was I going thought it was kind of like, who did it? Like, who owns that car? Yeah. You know, and you've got to work it out. Yep. And I thought it was going to go a bit longer. But, yeah, I felt the same as you. Like, it wasn't bad. I still kind of enjoyed no. it overall, but it was sort of, uh, yeah, they gave that one away. And so then the next steps were kind of a little easier to pick. So, yeah. But also, I Jared. I wasn't thrilled with it. But yeah. Looking at it, it turns out that pretty much everyone's kind of involved. Yeah. Which was stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know, so to a point. I was disappointed in the way it kind of played out based on the concept being quite cool. Mm-hmm. I watched a, another one that came to Netflix called Body Cam, which is a sort of supernatural police one where there's like a, a some sort of entity sort of haunting the police officers after an incident that occurred that was captured on body cam footage. The idea is okay and the some of the set pieces are all right, but she's not really well acted. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Not Robert Bronzy <laughs> level, but fuck. No. Still <laughs> not great. So yeah, I would probably probably wouldn't wouldn't check that out. And the last thing was the documentary on China, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. The female wrestler. Really interesting stuff. Punctuated by some real fucking assholes. You yeah. Know? Like, I know that she had her problems, and, I, and you know, when it comes to drugs and stuff and, and things like that, I, I always have a bit of a policy of personal responsibility. But some of the scummy assholes involved in the documentary they were making about her coming back was were terrible. And then that shit by Triple H, who'd previously been her her boyfriend, his his ramblings about her not making it in the Hall of Fame were fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you know she made some porno- pornographic films, and that's got something to do with her wrestling fucking skill. When you've yeah. got scumbags like fucking Ric Flair in the Hall of Fame, I watched this one as well, and and as I said to you, the era that she was wrestling. Vince McMahon was was he was telling he was he was putting the toes over the line as much as he could. Like 
he was putting women in as little clothing as possible and having bra and panties matches and things like this. And if he could have had nude women on TV, he would have. Mm. But yes. as soon as China finishes up and he's, you know, just fucking cut it, cut him off and and they're, they're talking shit about her, she makes a pornographic film and everyone's got a problem with it. It's like, well, you guys were running with the same sort of thing. You were trying to titillate the audience and yeah. do all that sort of stuff yourself. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have... It'd definitely be the same audience. Yeah, absolutely. I have a large oh. problem too, Adam, with, yeah, we can't have her in the Hall of Fame because she made a couple of stick films, but Jimmy Snooker's in there and it's pretty clear he killed someone. So, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. And, look, she made those stick films at a really bad time. Again, personal responsibility. She was all over the place when you look at that footage of her on Howard Stern. She's yes. fucking drugged out of her mind. And she made that stuff, as the sort of doco kind of pointed out, Jared, which I thought was really sad, was she was desperate for family. You know, like her yeah. family her family didn't work out. So whenever she went into something, she was looking for a family. And the WWE was a family and then the porno guys came along and they, you know, they hyped her up and said, you know, and they were kind of a family to her. And then when she went over to Japan, she found a family in the church, you know. Yep. And it was it was sad. I, I'm not saying that you know, okay, making pornographic films, okay, it's not great. But what the fuck's it got to do with wrestling? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, if and we flip people from again, these hall of fames for their their personal actions, there'd be no one in them. Yeah, and Triple H, like I think his form was poor because he obviously you know starting work with Stephanie McMahon while he was still with China, and so now, obviously, he's married to Stephanie McMahon. He's got a big stake in the company. So he's coming out saying that sort of shit. And it's he's like, defending the company. Yeah, though. he's defending the yeah. company, but it's like you, you're you partially responsible for what happened to this woman, like in the, in the sense that I think his situation, like, you know, there's, there hasn't been a confirmation of this, but I reckon he's behind the scenes saying, cut her loose which is why there was never really a negotiation when she was still hot stuff in the business. Mm. Exactly. So she just got cut loose from that contract. And again, let's not forget, you know, having watched wrestling at the time, there was a character who was Val Venus whose fucking character was that he was a porn star. So how come you got issues now? Like, you're happy to, you're happy to <laughs> like I said, you're happy to put that stuff on, on TV and you're happy to push the line so far that one of your wrestlers is supposedly a porn star who's doing promos where he's waking up in a sack with some of the re- other female wrestlers and stuff like that. But, oh, no, she made a porn film, so she can't be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are we yeah, talking yeah. about here? Yeah. It's just yeah, ridiculous. It's hypocrisy, Vince. As we said, That's Adam, maybe, definition, she, mate. maybe she sneezed too much and Vince McMahon had, <laughs> had issues with that. <laughs> yeah, we've heard yeah, stories about him fucking blow up the lux when someone sneezes in front of him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Triple H could easily have just said, look, as far as wrestling's concerned, yeah, she probably should be in the Hall of Fame and just yeah. left it there. But he just yep. twisted a knife in and it actually impacted on her, that shit. Yeah, you could tell. She was still talking about it. Yeah. Like years afterwards and still trying to sort it out. Like. I think, um, I can't remember exactly, but I think now they're actually coming around to it. But, again, it's like, 
But why why didn't you do it when she was fucking still around? Yeah, but that's it. They're coming around to it because she died. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be coming around to it if she was still alive. This is the thing. Yeah. This is what fucking irritates me. You know, it it you can't and, and I believe is it Vin there was a guy who was um, speaking on the documentary. Did, uh, you said Vince something. He was a writer. Vince Russo. Vince yeah, Russo. Vince Russo. And Russo. he's like, the, how many felons are in the Hall of Fame currently? <laughs> like, yeah, like, exactly. Yes, exactly. And he's not a very popular figure, but he was actually one of the people in there that was making making some sense. I'll and tell you what, again, though. Adam, Mick Foley, the best man in the I business. Ah. Mm. Oh. He came off fantastically it's fu- <laughs> again. It's funny that you see him in his wrestling days and he's portrayed as this bit of a dumbo who can barely string a sentence together, but then you put him on the wrestling docos and he still looks the same. He still looks like he's just been dragged fresh out of the forest or something. <laughs> um, but, but he's super articulate with what he's putting across yeah. and really well-spoken. And it's, fucking, it just it's looks kind like, of funny to watch. But yeah, It just looks like he's just a genuinely good bloke. The simple yeah. fact of the matter I saw is, him on, like, I saw him on, on porn stars on that, where they're yeah, selling his stuff, yeah. and he just he came down, had a chat with his this mega fan, and the guy was like, "I don't think I can sell this now." <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he just seems like a good bloke, and the way he sort of yeah. spoke about her, and then he came out and saw her while she was still alive, and she was doing a signing in that. You know, he actually seemed to yeah. give a shit about her, and that yep. you know. The worst part about the entire doco, or the most despicable part, is those do- blokes making the documentary couldn't have given a fuck about her. They were not interested in her. I mean, one guy was fucking popping pills with her. Yeah, well, it, his he, interviews, it looked a, like he's still doing it. Yeah. I mean, it was only was one of the three the guys who had any sense. Just yeah. ugh, horrible. The fucking people, I mean, they're, they're, they're bloody, they're just, um, you know, they're vultures. Mm. And that this is that the interest of of the the guy who was her manager, he just came off as a real scumbag. Mm. Yeah, but it was a solid docker, definitely worth a look. It's on SBS on demand. Yep. And that was it for me, Jared. What do you got? Right, better buckle up. I've got a fair bit. <laughs> fair bit here. So obviously- one through four. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't uh, don't go too early. <laughs> Obviously, I did watch that China doco. I watched um, Uncharted, No Exit. I watched the Batman. I also watched the series, the Batman, or some of the series. They finally released that on Blu-ray, which is a it's a funny one. It's another animated series, kind of from mid two thousands, and it's uh, got all these really quirky kind of takes on all the all the characters. So it's. Some of them are just awful, but some of them are pretty interesting, so that, that's been fun to check out with the kids. I watched, uh, Tubi had a doco called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Shocking Truth, which was kind of a bit of a behind the scenes on the first few movies. I think they got up to about Next Generation chatting about some things, which was cool to watch, especially in the wake of kind of checking them all out. Had some interviews with Toby Hooper and, and a number of other people on there. Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, I checked that I'm one about out. to watch that too. Was that any good? Yeah, it was okay. If you if you enjoyed the first, the first one, one, yeah, I don't think it's I, I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much, but it was okay. Again, similar sort of thing that the elaborate escape rooms are where the kind of excitement and the, the thrills are going to come from. So, Adam, as I said, you went a bit early. Uh, Subspecies three, 
I checked out Subspecies 3, so I'm still going on to the full moon. Go to the full moon bent, and I'm actually also listening to Charles Band's uh, autobiography at the moment, so that's definitely definitely worth a listen. Good good entertaining stuff. Sticking on the full moon features, I watched Dole Man. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to see a uh, to see a film. I mean, the concept's all right. The, 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 the little alien turns up on Earth and he's kind of like a rugged cop and whatever, but, but when he turns up on Earth, he's, he's fucking 12 inches tall. I mean, the concept's good, but if you ever wanted to see it done with that particular character never interacting with anybody else because they're doing it on the cheap, um, this is your movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch this shit. Did you say that's on Tubi as well? Yeah, it's on Tubi. It's on oh, Tubi. Can't wait. I also watched Head of the Family, which I actually <laughs> I thought that was kind of kind of good. I was it was good, entertaining, fun. So I did. Yeah, I got three more full moon features knocked over there. There's plenty more lined up too. So I watched one on Shutter, Adam, called The Boy Behind the Door, which I'd heard a little bit about. It was. Very good, very creepy, but it's, it's dealing with some quite heavy subject matter. So basically, it's these two kids just just going about their day, playing around in their sort of rural little town setting, and they they get kidnapped. Right. And it's all sort of set in the house that they've been kidnapped, and it's got a few twists and turns. But I tell you, yeah, the subject matter is pretty heavy. It's one of those ones where they don't go too much into detail about what's going on, but you can read between the lines, and it's a bit bit sort of seedy. So. Yeah. It's not a kind of. Uh, it's not just a sit down and switch the brain off one. It's a. It's a. There's a bit of. There's a bit to take in. I watched old, the M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan one about the beach. How'd that go? It was all right. Still like, got it. Oh yeah. I don't know if I'd put it that way. But it's. It's. Look, it's a long way to get to an interesting sort of talking point at the end. But there's parts, there's, there's bits prior to that that are just fucking hilarious, like where the, the kids are sort of, obviously everyone knows what's happening in the movie, so I'm not really spoiling anything, but as the kids are ageing on the beach, they're still talking like kids, which provides a couple of laughs, and then there's one part where the kid's fucking quite clearly gone from about five years old to about 15 years old. There's a conversation between the mother and the father, and the mother's there going... Look, they've obviously had a reaction to something they've eaten. And I was just sitting there, I was just bursting out laughing, going, come on. <laughs> was it the you, fucking explosion, say, Jared? <laughs> yeah, it was a similar, it was a similar model of, of thinking. It was, you're looking at it through a similar lens. The hypothesis is very similar. I, I couldn't recommend it highly. It was okay. It's more, again, trying to be thought provoking about what's going on there. And it's, it succeeds in fleeting moments at that. Yeah, my um, my problem with M Night is he really hasn't recaptured, you know, like Unbreakable was him at his absolute peak, right? Yeah, and some some of his more recent ones, there are ideas that you know kind of are interesting, like old, even Glass, which I hated. He was kind of looking at some interesting things in the superhero kind of genre. Yeah. But he's just he, he just hasn't got the touch, mate. Yeah. He doesn't he, he's 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 just way off. 
his films are at this point are the equivalent of someone who, in a conversation, is making a reasonable point, but they're just being a fucking long-winded bloody gas bag about it, and just <laughs> <laughs> it takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> By the time they've got to the point, you kind of want to I've exit the, the conversation. The <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> that's that's where I feel like he's gotten recently. Adam, I got onto a bit of Cynthia Rothrock as well. Ah, uh, Martial Cynthia. Law. I, I I believe this is one that you watched. Martial Law I with uh, Chad McQueen as well. And let me tell you something, mate. Fucking, they should have spent more time with Cynthia Rothrock instead of Chad McQueen and his half-assed fucking karate skills. Yeah, she's obviously when they get into the fight scenes, you see her work and it's impressive. Mm. So I can see how she had that kind of B movie career because yeah. That's what you're there for. You're hiring her movies because you want to see people punching each other. And, <laughs> yeah. and she does that pretty well. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Found one on Tubi that I've been meaning to watch called Candy Corn, which was a slasher. It was, yeah, a bit average. <laughs> Again. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Sounds great. All I've heard this whole fucking time you've been talking is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't have anything to do with the films I'm selecting, I wouldn't think. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd would heard you say about I this should one watch Candy while, Corn, Jared? I would say, yeah, watch it. You'll like it. <laughs> you know, I think it's... Oh, No, it's kind of... It's one of those ones where, even though it's only a very middling middling to low sort of quality picture, it's in the wheelhouse of the stuff that we're looking for. It's clearly someone who's grown up with movies like Halloween and whatnot, but it's got a touch of that new sort of Rob Zombie-ish feel to it. I I watch it and I look at it and I say, if it was a Rob Zombie movie, like if if this was the kind of thing that Rob Zombie was going for, I think I would probably enjoy his, his movies. But I think this one's a little bit too... It's very derivative. But it's also got all these plot points that just got to kind of get dropped out there and then don't connect. They just kind of get put out there and then just left hanging. And the kills, which is what you kind of got to get right with this this slasher thing that they're going for, is you know it's supernatural slasher sort of vibe. Mm. They're just a bit light on, so which is why I couldn't recommend it. I still mm. liked it visually. There were some really striking things, some character design and stuff that was really good. So, yeah, all in all, Adam, watch it straight away. Okay. I'll, I'll report back next episode. Yeah, do that. I watched The Harder They Fall, which was that uh, the Western on Netflix with um, Jonathan Majors and Idris Elba and Lakeith Stanfield, I think, in it, a bunch of other actors. Really good quality stuff, very slick. Probably drags on a bit. Like, it goes far longer than it probably should. Jonathan Majors, Jesus, everything I watch that bloke in, he's... Exceptional. He's really, really good. I'm coming around to him very quickly as one of my favourite actors to watch. So it was all right. I would, I would check that out. I kicked off the Children of the Corn series. I worked through one, two, and three. Again, middling to low for most of, <laughs> most of, most of the <laughs> session. Isn't number three got Charlize Theron in it? Yeah, she's basically an extra. She's one of the kind of disciples that that keeps popping up occasionally. Funnily enough, I mentioned that when Urban Harvest, which is part three, Urban Harvest, when that kicked off, I was thinking, okay, so you've taken this out of the the rural setting, which was one of the few high points of the two previous films, 
but I think I actually enjoyed the third one the most because it just kind of gets into this kind of creature feature sort of feel at the end. But honestly, I'm three pictures in and the films haven't adequately adequately explained to me much about what the fuck he who walks behind the rose is supposed to be and all of them have a differing fucking take on how it's going. But as I said to you, Adam, I don't think um, I, I don't think Stephen could adequately explain to me what what that's supposed to represent either. Um, it feels like another one of those, you know. Sometimes in his short stories, he comes across a reasonable idea that doesn't quite get fully formed, and I think that's what Children of the Corn appears to be. Yeah. In that the, the whole religious fervor of the the region is being commented upon, and mm. and there's some really you know there's some parts in the first one that are a little bit chilling, involving the kids you know preaching to each other in the corn and shit like that, but it never really goes much further than that. I'm reading that nah. at the moment. Yeah, that first that first that short story. So maybe you can fill me in. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm sending an email. It's Steve, pretty much it's pretty much just explain. the the bloke ripping into the wife. Yeah, <laughs> at the moment that's all it is. Yeah, no, but. Stephen, the other thing that Stephen had when he wrote it was cocaine. Yeah. I believe it was around that <laughs> yeah. period where The corn was, was fucking, fucking lost in a blizzard. <laughs> exactly, point, I exactly. I think Stephen had had it. It was going through his difficult patch. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was he's starting to, you know, he's, he's kicking things off and he, he gets this stuff on a page about the corn and the kids and then he has a couple of lines and he wakes up the next day and thinks, well, shit, I finished it. I don't even remember finishing it. <laughs> you know, There's I another that story for the collection. The same short story collection that had the one where the guy is stranded on an island and eats himself. <laughs> yeah, Survivor yeah, this type. Is what, yeah, this is what I mean. Yeah, Steve was off with that the That one's actually all right. I thought Survivor type was all right, but yeah. It was, but it was fucking silly. <laughs> I mean, it's this kind of story that only cocaine can be, yeah, can only write. Where does so, it rank on the? Um, where does it rank on the scale of kind of lawnmower man short story? Oh, no, no, it's a smidgen higher than lawnmower man. I mean, it's not as bad as fucking the mangler. And, <laughs> the mangler and. Graveyard Shift, which was about giant rats. I mean, Stephen was in a bloody world of his own back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, I mean, all that sounds enjoyable. I might have to go and watch Graveyard Shift ASAP. <laughs> and the last one I watched, I checked out that Turning Red on Disney, the new oh, Pixar yeah? one. I had a look at that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's obviously causing a bit of controversy for particular reasons, but I thought it was... Uh, it was a decently well. I thought it was a well-written movie, and I thought it was reasonably entertaining for the runtime. So I'm surprised not too many complaints. The yeah, I don't know what the go is there. What uh, I'd like to know a little more about that because it feels like we're getting past the point where the cinemas, you know, obviously COVID t- took that out of play for a while, but now that it's back on deck and things like the Batman are up over the 500 mil mark already, like you would think that, that that's the way to go. But maybe they'd already planned it to go straight to streaming and stuck with it. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2021's The Gardener. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. Please call me Lauren. Didn't you fight in the war? That was long ago. 
There's the next house. You get in, you get the stuff I tell you to, and you get out. I'll bring my garage this time. Let's do it. Lucky here. Nobody move. Sit down. Hey there, buddy. Now, why are you running? There's only one person that could have done this. It's the gardener. Gardener. He's military. He's a killer. And so are all of you. They've seen my face. They all die. What are you gonna do? Save your family. If you want something done properly, do it yourself. So, uh, gardening, have you always enjoyed it? Yes. The Gardener from 2021. It's produced and directed by Scott Jeffrey, who directed The Curse of Humpty Dumpty, and Rebecca Matthews, who directed Cannibal Troll. The score story was by Jeff Miller, <laughs> who wrote Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. And the screenplay was by Ben <laughs> Demir, who wrote Bring Him Back Dead. It stars Robert Bronte as Peter Juraz, Gary Daniels as Volker, Nicola Wright as Lauren, and Jake Watkins as Justin. I couldn't find a budget or a box office for this. The trivia I could find was the tagline is, Your ass is grass. One of the greats. Oh, I'm sorry. I should laugh at that <laughs> shit, but that is the best part of the film. <laughs> yeah. All right, Maddie. I pondered your return after four weeks away at least. How did you cop the gardener? Ah, look, it's sloppy, but <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that sums it up. So I gave it a two. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucking straight to the point. It's sloppy. Yeah, yeah, I'm like it. Sloppy. I was, I was just, I laughed at a lot of the lookalikes in there. They're like, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but there were people in there. I was like, that looks like that guy. That looks like that guy. And then the plot didn't make any sense, and the bad guys were horrible at their job, and the family wasn't really very likable. <laughs> Some of the people were completely miscast, and uh, but it had some good action in it. The location was pretty cool, and that and Robert Bronzy cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for Charles Bronson Mac too. I was not. Prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, Jared, what do you? What's your take on it? Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair reflection there from Maddie. Sloppy, quite amusing at parts. I look. I think the writing was. Reasonably sound for an action movie idea, but it was all just kind of 
very quickly, it seemed like it was all very quickly put together. So as Maddie said, it ends up with the family being pretty unlikable, bar a couple of exceptions, because it's all just surface level. Like the parents are constantly fighting and there's no depth beyond that. The bad guys are the same. So we just end up with... It's such a generic you expect. generic Paint action movie. Yeah. The baddies are of different culture. The, yep. Yeah, just it's it's silly. So what I I kind of got what I expected, plugging in Robert Bronzy, which is <laughs> worth the price price of admission. So I ended up at a two as well. I think I got enough entertainment out of it to warrant a two. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't want to see it ever again, but if I had to, I wouldn't put up that much of a fight. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to see Bronzy again, but maybe a different movie. Let's continue working with this. <laughs> you want to see Robert Bronzy again? I've got the total <laughs> Look, I am, you know, I'm diving into my likes list already, but I am kind of taken with the idea of, Making films with a bloke who looks like Charles Bronson. I mean, <laughs> it's the old, it's the old Bruce exploitation again. What do we we call it? Bronze exploitation. That's the whole, the only, the, the only reason the guy's in movies is because of his uncanny likeness to Bronson. Oh, I love it. I'll be here for it. <laughs> I would rather you dug up Bronson's corpse. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because fuck, Robert Bronte, I've got questions. I'm not going to go into it just yet, but I gave it one and a half. I'm yeah. a bit like I've you guys. I've got questions. Don't get me wrong. I've got questions, but I'm, I'm taken. <laughs> I'm taken with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of unintentionally funny, and it's kind of brimming yeah, yeah. with that kind of B-movie kind of stupidity. It has higher aspirations, I kind of think. You know, it seems to be pretty well made, if you know what I mean. It's got a, sh- a decent sheen about it. It's not a yeah. absolute kind of turd, but it just fails to, to deliver on any of that. It takes way too long to get to Bronzy kicking some ass. And, I mean, <laughs> there's a fucking sequence that <laughs> I'll get to it, but, oh, my God, it's Robert Bronzy, I mean, his performance, to say it's fucking wooden <laughs> in that sequence, <laughs> is fucking <laughs> being very nice and generous to the bloke. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I gave it one and a half. It livens Again, up at the end, which argue. I liked. Can't argue with that. <laughs> it does actually liven up a little bit at the end, and there's a bit more action, but... You know, if you're going to give me, like, a schlocky B action movie, get to the action straight away. I don't want 45 minutes of listening to the family fucking bicker. You know, it it doesn't work. But let's get into the likes. Started out strong. First scene was the house invasion. It started off with a hell of a lot of action. We've got masks. That that sequence is kind of creepy. She, you hear all the stuff going on in the bedroom, and then she comes. She crawls out, and she's pregnant, and then out comes the bloke in that mask, and you know, it actually started with a little bit of go in it. Yeah, it's pretty horrific that mm. beginning. And I think yeah. that uh, it, it set things up nicely as to wanting to find out why, why you would do that, why why they were going to those lengths. 
So I, I was actually, yeah, quite happy with the first sort of 15-odd minutes of setting that up and then getting into the family. Aside from, as we said, the, the family, it was all kind of just surface-level stuff, mm. all the bickering and whatever. But I did actually like, I dug that the son was seeking solace from the family shit by hanging around the gardener. I kind of thought <laughs> at least that's a, that's a, a reasonable way to set set up. That scene was so oh, funny. Well, well, the issues, uh, the <laughs> issues come to the issues come into play when you you require Robert to to act the scene. <laughs> but I like that. That yeah, kid, the kid's, that kid was very miscast. That poor bloke. Yeah, yeah. He did a very good job doing his best, but yeah. oh, he was hanging around Bronzy with hanging out for a pair of secateurs like my five-year-olds yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> He'd never done any work in his life. But the thing, the, the thing I liked about it was you could cop that he would do that because yeah. he just didn't want to be... Yeah. He just didn't want to be inside listening to the shit that was going on there, so he was fucking walking outside, and who's there? Just this bloke to talk to. So, oh, so you say happens to you... have a striking resemblance to Charles Bronson. I'm like, I don't have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, so um, you, yeah. thought, you think he wanted to avoid the shit that was going on in the house by listening to the shit coming out? <laughs> Mate, yeah. he did not want to have a bar <laughs> of, the, of the maid. He yeah, did look. not want anything to oh, do with the maid. Shit, I mean, I've got plenty to say about her down the track, <laughs> yeah, but... The That's thing about it is, you can buy it. Shot. <laughs> I like that in the in the in the in the writing part, they're at least trying to say, okay, well, let's fucking set some shit up as to why you would want to care for anybody in the film, why you would want to invest in any of the characters. I'm like, okay, well, at least they tried to go there. Yeah. Again, yeah, kind of surface level stuff. And as you said, Adam, after five minutes with Bronzy, I'd be saying, shit. Um, is there any? Can I go up on the roof and clean the gutters while you stay down here or something? That acting was amazing. Yeah, the kid yeah. cuts one one twig with the with the secateurs, and Bronzy's like, "Good, good." good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I burst out laughing. That's positive reinforcement, and it's fine. Oh yes, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if yeah. I'd have sat there with a the gardener for ten minutes listening to that shit, I would have been talking to the fucking brick wall over in the corner. <laughs> because, mate, he was, he was. Uh, look, we'll get to it because I'm going to really tear him, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still trying um, to be positive. We're still in the say something yeah. nice section here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, it's quite well made, and as I said, it has an actual professional look about it. There's some decent shots. The camera work is pretty handy, and the, the location mm. is kind of nice. Yeah, and also I think um, you sort of mentioned it—the the the design of things like the masks and stuff like that works yeah. pretty well. Yeah, did they sit around designing their masks together? I think they might have had a little paint session or something. <laughs> it's arts and crafts their masks out so they know which <laughs> one was which. But yeah, I felt that stuff was reasonably solid. Mm. Gary Daniels, welcome, presence Ripping for me. Nick. <laughs> he's still in, yeah, he's still in very good Ripping shape for a bloke who's 60. Christ almighty. Yeah. Still, yeah. Still holding up reasonably well. Yeah. <laughs> he's acting, isn't, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was saying, he hasn't been, he hasn't been to any um, acting troupe groups or anything I like mean, that, but he's hit the gym. He's not out of place, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. As no. I said, and ultimately, he's got a skill set to bring to the piece. Daniels is kind of like almost a cameo. He's barely in it. Yeah, he's not in it for long. He does like three scenes or something. Yep. 
As I said before, thank God somebody shot the maid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, she was, uh, pardon my French, but a cunt of a character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, all she does is just go, well, don't bring your fucking dirty shoes in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't bring your shoes in. Then she's telling people, that's not my job. Well, I'd be saying, well, fuck off then. <laughs> you don't have a job yeah. there. Yeah. All you've done is kiss you? the bone since you've been here. That's the first corner I'm cutting if I'm in financial crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, no, I'm cutting yeah, the garden like, first. <laughs> All right, kids, get a broom. You're taking over. <laughs> just, a, just a rampant pain in the ass. Oh. Yeah, and second is the gardener. As soon as you go out and say, oh, jeez, um, <laughs> I heard you say my son was pretty good at cutting the, cut, trimming the trimming the hedges there, so um, see you later. <laughs> we need to save a couple of dollars. Yeah. Pack up your shit and leave. leave the second hedges. <laughs> I didn't mind the guy getting his hand mangled by a lawnmower. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was good. Although there was some CGI blood in there, and that's not not on. Yeah, yeah, you know, mangled hand at the end. Through. Yeah, he yeah, looked he like he had up. a hand like Chris Chris Elliott in fucking scary movie. <laughs> 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 He's gonna go. Yeah, I better use my strong hand. <laughs> oh wow! Yep. Oh man! Yeah, that was that was probably it was one of the few few times in there where they tried to spice up the. Just the punch on. There was like, yeah. There was there was still a bit of that, and you know there was some questionable hot timing there from Bronzy holding up the shovel and things like that. But the the mower was was one of the few times where they thought, okay, well, there's something else here we can bring into it. To so that was pretty yeah. colourful, wasn't it? We're going to get his attention. We're going to get the gardener's attention, and then it turned into an. They had thought they had it covered, and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. At least it livens up in the final 20 minutes. You know, there's a couple of shootouts, there's a couple of decent punch-ups and some other assorted shit in there that, you know, if, if I'd have been asleep, I would have woken up to this. <laughs> Does Bronzy's yeah. face liven up at all? <laughs> no, fuck no. No, no, he's that... Oh, mate. Those bloody things on Mount Rushmore are more fucking... <laughs> more, um, more animated. <laughs> Robbie Brozzi. <laughs> yeah. um, I like the nail gun booby trap as well. As soon as the action yeah. started kicking off. No, but it wasn't like, a nail yeah. gun. It was a staple gun. Staple gun? I it thought didn't it was a nail hurt gun. the bloke. Yeah. I needed a it little more of that. Stupid. That's a warning shot. I felt like that was a warning shot. If it was a nail gun, maybe it would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt if like, it, yeah, I, I didn't mind that either, but I needed a little more. I wanted to see more of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I was, I was okay with that too. A bit yeah, more home alone. alone. If the bloke won that many medals, sure, he knew how to rig something else oh, yeah. up as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that was the idea. He definitely had the advantage. Wasn't like, wouldn't you think that you'd take the Rambo sort of template? He's, well, on, he's in the gardens of... and, and, and the grounds of this house and he's setting traps for these people. Wouldn't that be where you'd go? Choke someone out with a hose. <laughs> um, <laughs> run some run some petrol through the sprinkler and light them up. Or yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be cool. That's what we need. Oh, we should be making. We should remake this movie. We'll call Bronzy and see if he's available for the Gardener too. We'll say here's oh, the available. ideas. We should be going a with self-propelling him. lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't believe I didn't see anyone get whippersnipped at any any point. I didn't, didn't oh, get a to the face or anything. Opportunity missed. Oh, yeah. mate, they really did. They should have leaned more I into mean, that just... kind of stupidity. Yeah, yeah, we don't need a fight in the kitchen. Just keep it in the yard. Yeah, that's. I reckon that's that's where they should have ramped things up a little bit. Yeah, go to Bunnings, check the check the garden tool section, and see how you can work it in. Shoot the shoot the staple gun at the roof of the greenhouse and let it cascade with glass. <laughs> yeah, there's all these all these magnificent ideas that would have just propelled this into cult classic territory. Yeah. And unfortunately, they didn't go with that. Although I did like when he snips the bloke's Achilles tendon. Yeah, yeah that was gross. That was cringeworthy. Bad luck, mate. It was. <laughs> Although he seemed to be still able to get around all right for a bloke who had his Achilles tendon snipped. Yeah. Yeah, he could still throw a punch, couldn't he? Yeah, and he was still engaging in the blue. Mm. Uh, and my last one was the final fight between Bronzy and Daniels and that third guy is actually the best one of the film. Mm. Yeah. It actually is actually pretty well choreographed. Have, uh, I thought it could have gone a little bit longer because, I, yeah, I, I was the same. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. And, I mean, I think Daniels might have a background in martial arts and stuff, so he kind of looks comfortable delivering all that stuff. And Bronzy, to his credit, at the very least can take a beating well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, still he, doesn't. It still doesn't show it on the face. He definitely throws a punch like I <laughs> no. would. He's, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a full body swing. Yeah, I believe he's uh, he's a haymaker. He's credit, I think he has a supposedly has a bit of a background in a stunt, but you can't That's see it <laughs> on the <your> screen. <laughs> Probably why he made his way to the main screen. Yeah, <laughs> someone else needed oh. to do the stunt work. Yeah. Yeah. He got a promotion. He was so bad, but they felt bad because he. <laughs> He looks like Charles Bronson. <laughs> made him the main actor. That's yeah. a- <laughs> my favorite. One of my favorite little little uh, details in it was when he was relaxing in his room. He was reading a book about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> he is committed to the lifestyle. Shit. <laughs> 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 he has no downtime. <laughs> It looked like a photocopied <laughs> pamphlet as well. <laughs> oh, I laughed out loud. What I loved about that. that is, what I loved about that is, he was also shirtless, so he's giving us a little bit of beefcake along with his. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they raised raised the temperature. Hefty slice of bronzy there. <laughs> I think you, uh, it would have been good if you, you had him flicking through a, 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 a latest bloody Ryobi catalogue or something. <laughs> Reinforced. <laughs> Reinforced where we were heading with this. They could have got some commercial money into it and pump up the, <laughs> up the <laughs> 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 a product place. Stop, stop pumping up Sony. We'll get a an Apple. We'll get a Ryobi deal going. <laughs> a project like this is just begging for it. This is, where they, this is the thoughts they should have had. They should have had all these. <laughs> All these thoughts going into the <laughs> There was a couple of sequences oh, like that where I laughed heartily where they kind of, they said something and they just literally did it. Like, as you said, he's in bed, he's reading a fucking book about plants or flowers or something. And then just before that, he's having his dinner and, and previously told us he's a vegetarian. 
He's just fucking yeah. eating a bowl of raw fucking vegetables. He's not even- <laughs> <laughs> and I also like, in the same vein, he picks up that picture and then you look at it and he's already spoken about his parents. And by the look of it, you're like, yeah, so clearly that's his mum. And then he goes, good night, mum. As an audience member, I've already read between those lines that you've provided me. I'm pretty sure, yeah, when I was looking at it, I wasn't getting confused that that was his wife or anything because it looked like one of the golden girls. <laughs> or the bronze girls in this case. Some of that stuff was absolute magic. They, they, it wasn't in my likes, that one, but honestly, some of that stuff had me laughing heartily. Now, I haven't got anything else in the likes category. What about you lot? Uh, yeah, not really. Not that no. I can think of. Still just the whole idea. I mean, there's this the, the conversations going around so much now about, you know, the, the ethical kind of stances on bringing people back to life via CGI performances and stuff, and I'm sitting here going, does anyone have an ethical <laughs> stance on this one? <laughs> Not- <laughs> I have. I've got a stance on it. <laughs> But there's part of me that just absolutely loves the idea that this bloke is making movies for no other reason than his stunning resemblance to a bloke who used to make movies. There's something I just love about it. And if you shaved the moustache off, you wouldn't be able to tell a likeness. No, no. I I know we kind of briefly spoke about this, Adam, but my question is, if you're going with that, does he need to be dubbed with a sound alike? Because I think he does. Yeah. Not that it's going to help Agreed. with the acting performance, but because that's what they did in having seen more than one bronzy film, which I'm almost embarrassed to, to say. <laughs> in, you are not. In Death Kiss, he was, he was dubbed with a, with a Bronson sound alike, and it worked better, I thought. Did it? And I feel like if that's what you're going with, if your whole thing is, we want you to think this bloke is Charles Bronson and we're going to make movies that Charles Bronson would have made, I think you've got to do it. <laughs> look, look, I'm going to kick the dislikes off with my scathing critique of Robert Bronzy, but the, di- <laughs> the difference the difference between Bronzy and, and Bronson is, yes, Bronson made a lot of shit. Like, the end of his career, he was making shit. Like, mm-hmm. he was making your Death Wish 4s and that kind of rubbish, right? He was in the canon thing. But in the right circumstances, with the right people, Bronson made a couple of genuine classics. Like he's in, he's in the Great Escape. He's in the Magnificent Seven. You know, he's yep. got a couple of real classics on that resume, and his gruff kind of demeanor in that works in those films because they were kind of they were ensemble pieces, and so you needed Bron- yeah. Bronson for a specific role. Okay. Yeah. This bloke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> His face doesn't move, like, 90% of the time. (laughs) His face is just deadpan. Even when he's getting his ass kicked, 
Oh, I saw a couple of hairs on his moustache twitching a couple of times. <laughs> just he looks like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. You know, like but I the guess Terminator film. I guess, I guess that's that's what you're left with, right? He's in low-budget movies, so essentially the best we can hope for from this guy is Canon Era Bronson. <laughs> oh, no, Cheesy but we're not even getting that, slot. Jared. We're not even getting that. I mean... The guy, look, yeah, okay, you look like Charles Bronson. Look, hang around down in the fucking, in the streets of LA getting 10 bucks for a photo. Don't fucking make movies. You're, dis- <laughs> you're dismissing how important no, the likeness is. I completely disagree with this. I need more, I need a Bronson lookalike running around in canon era Bronson film type there. I'm all for it. Okay, I'm with you then. Something needs to counteract the juggernaut that is Marvel and DC for the big budget. We need low budget. Bronzy picture. Lookalike bronzy we need We need people who look like deceased famous people to run around and cheat me. You know there's some old skeleton sitting around going, when's Clint going to just drop off? I need Clint to drop off. Yeah. <laughs> I could make a couple of movies out of this. Look, his accent is also so thick, I couldn't understand what he was saying in a lot of moments. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't worth listening to, I'm sure, but... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see, that's that's the issue, right, is... Like I said, the only reason you've got this guy in the movie is the Bronson resemblance. Okay, so if you're going to do that, then you've got to dub him to sound like Bronson because that's your whole that's your whole selling point. So I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't have people in movies with a different accent than, than I've heard before, but in this case, in this case, you kind of have to do it because that's your selling point, is that this guy yeah. is Charles Bronson. Just coming back to his acting skills, there's a sequence where... He's outside. Firstly, the moment we see him walk up and he strokes an apple or something in hanging off a tree or something, <laughs> and I was like, this boy is as convincing a gardener as I am, and I'm not a gardener's yeah. fucking asshole. So, as, convincing, as convincing at gardening as he is at acting, I think, at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but there's I a think, sequence yeah, where I, I the mother the says to thing. him, He's got that he he like he kicks it off and they show the apple and I think he touches a couple of other plants but he looks like he's he's warming his hands on a fire or something he's walking up to <laughs> to plants and kind of holding his hand against them. I'm like, yeah. aura. You don't you, you need to read more gardening books, mate, because you got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in the job for a week. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he took the job. He's just looking for a feed. <laughs> he basically, there's a sequence where the mother comes out and says, Peter, would you like to join us for dinner? And Bronzy turns to her and goes, dinner? As if he doesn't even understand the fucking concept of it. Like, I was just... Yeah, and we needed to rewrite that one. <laughs> Mate! Yes, it is a meal. <laughs> like, you know, we put some food down in front of you. That's what it is. 
Could you imagine him turning up to the dinner where the mother just blurts out, I want a divorce? Yeah, yeah, that would have been good fun. But Bronzy, you wouldn't have bothered him. He just sat there stone-faced anyway, munching on his raw veggies. And you wouldn't have been able to tell whether he was perturbed or not, whether he was enjoying his food. It would have brought the no subject idea. back to the vegetables that yeah. he'd grown in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> He'd start bringing up the war time, and then when the sun would probe and say, what happened in the war? He'd say, oh, we don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> These carrots are very delicious. <laughs> Great carrots. It's good year. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, hang on, I'll get off Bronzy. I'll get off him now, but he's not an actor's bum. <laughs> it's a bit uncomfortable yeah. when he was beating that woman up, though. Yeah. <laughs> they kicked uh, like yeah. a, a woman that was like five foot. <laughs> she, she wasn't prepared for this. Oh, no, God, no, funny. she wasn't prepared to run into Bronzy and his fucking his haymakers, which he throws at ad nauseum. <laughs> Now, one of the big problems for me, technically, is the way the film's edited. I don't know about you, but n- number of times there was things going on co- concurrently, but they were editing back and forth and cutting away from important things. Like, there's yeah. a scene where they're having dinner and the guys are breaking in and we're cutting away from, like, we get, like, two seconds of, like, someone talking at the dinner and then we cut to the... The guy's breaking into the house and we cut back for another two seconds. It's like, you know, at least give me something. Like, give me a little bit of the guys breaking in and then we'll cut to the dinner and we'll have an actual conversation where she, you know, says she wants a divorce. But it's all chopped up. Yeah. And there was one that was even worse where Gary Daniels was beating the shit out of those three blokes. Yeah. You know, because they fucked up. Yeah, they cut away. Ten minutes later, they come back, and he's still doling out the same asshole thing. <laughs> yeah, and listen, if you're employing Gary Daniels to do that, they got one thing right. He had three scenes, and in two of them, he's, he's involved in fights. Yeah. But if that's what you've you've got him in the film for, which is what you do, you you employ him because he's a martial artist. Then give us that. Just stay on the ass kicking until he kills all three blokes, and then the phone rings. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. There was also with that same thing with the editing that he tells them, "All right, just wait around until night comes, and then uh, and then break in when when everyone's cleared out, and then and then they cut away, and then they cut back or they call him back when things have gone ass up." And he's still standing around with no shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been hours of him standing in the same place. Yeah, but look, shirt on. if I was 60 and I had that rig, I would do exactly the same thing. I'd stand there shirtless for hours until I, got, until I just someone happened to walk in and, oh, she just caught me with my shirt off. Just let me go. Oh, my entire wardrobe. <laughs> my entire wardrobe. You explained it. It makes sense. Now. <laughs> total sense. <laughs> it makes total sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. But agreed, Maddie. They do that repeatedly. It's like they mm. don't trust the sequences, which they shouldn't because they're shit ass. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you've got to give it. us something. We've got you've they got also to do one. complete the scene. They also there was a couple of times where they didn't really. I, I hesitate to blame the editing, but they didn't really edit around Bronzy's 
weaknesses, <laughs> which I guess is hard to do. But I mean, there was there was this sequence where I'll if make you had to edit out every weakness, Jared, you'd cut him out of the film. <laughs> That's correct. Pacey, you look like Pacey. If you, yeah, if if the guy that the guy that doesn't wear the mask and is just a rampant yeah. asshole from the from that side of things, he comes in right, and he's got the family held at gunpoint at one uh, at one section, and then he goes. Oh, and swings his head around like he's just been surprised. And they cut to a shot of Bronzy, and I swear to God, you can see the moment they say action. Because he's just kind of standing there with his hands behind, with his hands next to his fucking hips. And then he leaps into action and flings the knife. And it's mm. like, you needed to you needed to come into that shot a little bit later. But I guess, you know, Bronzy probably should have been a little bit more prepared. But they do the same thing in the... Uh, they do the same thing in the in the fight with the lawnmower. There's one where he gets hit yeah. in the stomach and you've got this shot with both of them there. And so Bronzy is clearly just stepping through piece by piece. He gets hit in the guts and then he grabs his guts very quickly and then quickly whips up the shovel and just holds it there waiting for the bloke yeah. to hit it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He needed to sort of chop around that a little bit, right? Sloppy. <laughs> Sloppy. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely slow. So yeah, it kind of highlights Bronzy's sort of unnatural, unnaturalness in in the fight scenes because mm. it, there is a handful of them, as you said, Adam. When he gets in with Gary Daniels, it looks all right, and that's probably because Daniels is selling it like Ric Flair does and making him look good. But yeah, you probably could have could have helped that along a little bit with some better better editing. Yeah, because. The fight scenes are not that well choreographed in general. Even when Daniels kicks the shit out of those three blokes, everything seems to be slightly sped up. It's kind of like you can kind of see the punches are being telegraphed. You know, it's not like John Wick, you know, where everything's moving at speed and and obviously Keanu Reeves is getting his face punched a few times, you know, here and there because they're going... Could you imagine the choreographer working with Bronzy after he'd worked with Keanu Reeves? Oh, it's all about a step down, Jesus. You'd have to scaffold but like crazy. That is one thing I'll give him. I forgot to give him the credit for that, but in the fight scenes, he does take he does take some punishment, which is, yeah. you know, we've always talked about how you kind of have to have that and not go the whole Steven Seagal route where you just yeah. don't, don't get a hand laid on you. Mm. So yeah. I think it's, I'll give him, give him a little bit of credit for that because he does take a fair old fighting in a couple of I don't of think them. he'd be a diva. No, I don't think so. I think he's happy to be there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. <laughs> Mata moustache. Hands off my moustache. I love the way they telegraph the fact that he's a special forces soldier or some shit. By There just happens to be a box under the bed that someone just accidentally runs into it. They open it up. It's full of fucking like, medals and other yeah, They're looking for him the under the bed for some reason. All sitting on top. All the medals are just lined <laughs> up on top. I mean, fuck, give us a spell. <laughs> and just because we it's medals, are they better. actual important medals? Can you tell if they're know. important medals? Yeah. You can't. From what I can see, it said, it said um, you know, under 15's most improved player or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a purple heart. <laughs> yeah, he's not a, he wasn't in the military. He was just a good uh, soccer player. <laughs> the fight with the girl, which I believe she had a background in stunt work, so I was expecting maybe this one could be all right. Mm. But it's so fucking 
over-choreographed, but also it takes place in that little kind of round, I don't know, like a foyer. Yeah. And so all that happens is she, he just pushes her over a few times. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, if she's a stunt performer, throw her through some shit. Yeah. Like, you know, bash her around a bit. Like, if she's, she's, you know, came from through a stunt background, she can handle that stuff, then do yeah. that. It's like they didn't really. Yeah, that's the perfect think time. About. The perfect time to pull out the Ryobi or something like that. Give her some work. Get the old pressure yeah. washer and just. Oh yeah. What else? Yeah, have I we agree. Got? Come I think on. She yeah. And she, the, the worst thing about that was she looked like she probably could have handled it. Like yeah. in what you did see, she looked reasonably kind of. Capable of, of doing that that sort of stuff that you you're looking for there. One of my big gripes was the professionalism of the crooks. They were like, uh, "We're gonna we're we're a professional outfit. We do everything properly." But then, like, two of them have like bulletproof vests on, and one of them has a crop top on. <laughs> and then one of them <laughs> one of them as they're going in to do the job refuses to wear the mask, and yeah. then gets pissed off that they've seen his face, like. It's yeah. just it. It didn't make a lot of sense that they were meant to be a professional outfit, and they really weren't. I but believe not he only said that, something but, along but, the lines of, "I left it behind. I left it at home. I left it at I home. I left the basket yeah. home." But this is the same guy who was in the car previously with with Daniels, being told that if you fuck this one up, we have you. to let you go, and you know what that means. Yeah. So he's basically just been told you'll be killed if you fuck this up. But he still continues to, you know, that part where he said he left it at home, I got the sense that, yeah, he's, this is what he's looking for. He's talking about, I want to bring my garrote or whatever. He just wants to kill him. That's what yeah. he wants to do. So the second that that's happening, it's like, right, you go home. We'll, we'll do this as a three-person team because you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, just wait in the car, mate. Yeah. And I, I think it should have been played more that he did accidentally fuck it up rather than just purposely doing it because... The ease of the job, it basically shows if he wasn't there, they'd have been in and out like a fiddler's elbow. Like it would have just been done and dusted, and you're 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 off. I don't understand why the the thing wasn't just on the kitchen table. Yeah, or just something yeah, time up, was it? Get out! But there was a double yeah. cross involved. What? Why did he even? Why did they even need to break in to get it if the owner of the house was in on it? Yeah, insurance. What is it? They need if they're home, they wouldn't have had. If they're home yeah, on that wouldn't... property, though, they don't need to. But yeah, well, that's the, the part of that. It's not that hard. Part you of take that... those things, you give it to them, then you trash the house yourself and say that someone broke in. I mean... Yeah, but the part of that to me that was even more far fetched is that the dad was just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I knew. You know, she cancelled the holiday, but I thought we'll be right if you're here." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well. How about we all go out to dinner? It's not yeah. that complicated. Just fucking figure this out. Yeah. So that that yeah. side of things was a little uh, didn't didn't pass muster mm. once the explanations <laughs> came out. And then with the with whatever it was, the documents that they've got, he's like, "I've got another buyer." So then the guy's like, "Oh, fine, we'll sell it to them then." And then shoots him, 
He doesn't know who the buyer is. No, he, hadn't, he doesn't he hadn't know. Extracted that they haven't established yet. that yet. <laughs> you have another buyer. Well, we'll find someone to buy it then. Like, yeah, yeah Gaza Daniels was, was a little bit uh, ahead of himself there. Slightly. Hmm. Slightly ahead. A lot of that shit made no sense. Like, if you're going to give me a double cross that Dad's involved, A, don't make him such an asshole because, yeah. uh, you know, you don't really care. I mean, it yeah. should have been that Dad and Mum had a couple of heart-to-hearts they were trying to fix their marriage. Yeah, you know yeah this mean? is what we are talking about with this whole – it was all surface level, right? All it was was the couple fighting. All it was was the dad was a rampant asshole. All it was was the guy that was fucking everything up was doing it on purpose because he just wanted to kill someone. Like, mm. there was never any kind of any, – any further depth put in, which, as you just said, Adam, if you establish that relationship a little better and you actually feel sorry for the bloke, that he's in this situation, yeah. even though he fucked up, you know, that's... that's you possibly don't you... see it coming a little yeah. bit. And what about the girl? That stuff was ludicrous. How she was leaving oh, to go yeah. and see a bloke, then she comes back and we get this ridiculous exposition via mobile phone where mm. he just says, please come back, and she just writes, cheater. In- cheater, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like- there's a number of explanations for that, but the explanation that I got out of that film, out of the film, is this dildo has organised a place and time to meet this girl, seemingly <laughs> for a very fleeting kind of exchange because they don't seem to be seeing each other a lot, and at that particular time, he chooses to fucking have some other bird there as well and she's walked in on it? That's what I got. <laughs> Unless he's let her know. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. That, let her know. I, I, by the way, I think they were meaning to go with something like that, but the way that it plays on the screen is you've organised a place and time. She's turned up. <laughs> you're with someone else at that exact place and time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I've done yeah. it booked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most emotion we got out of Bronzy. When he when she'd left the mobile phone and the keys in the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. No. Okay, okay, okay. Not only that, <laughs> but isn't that the time, isn't that around the time when he starts talking about himself in the third person? Yeah. Uh, like, Peter, Peter is, here. is here. Peter will help you. <laughs> I think, um, I think, <laughs> I think Bronzy might have got confused as to which, which character he was. So he was trying to tell her that there was another character called Peter that was here who was going to help them. But all of that shit too with the daughter, there's no reason for her to leave. Like, Yeah. Well, I think they're just trying to establish again that nobody wanted to hang around the parents acting like a pair of assholes for the entire, entire time they're in this house. I know, but, but yeah. in a way, you could have not had her. You could have just had the parents and the son because the son was the one who was bonding with Bronzy, if you can yeah. call yeah, it that. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They only wanted to they wanted to include that awkward sequence where she was about to get raped by the guy who'd been shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was. In, yeah. Again, didn't need it. Unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Very unnecessary. But, uh, man, they just... Some... These... These bad guys are real hornbags. How, yeah. how are you in that situation? You're like, oh, I might as well get one away. Yeah. <laughs> I never yeah. understand yeah. it. Yeah, that bloke did not take the threat of his, uh, you know, being being walloped by Gary Daniels very seriously. Yeah, that's right. No, he didn't. 
One of the other things I felt that they dropped, Jared, they kind of insinuated almost like that someone knew who Bronzy was. Did you guys get that feeling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, kind so of they, like, the gardener, who is he? Who is he? He's well, trouble, says the, one of them. It seems like they were setting him up to be the fall guy, but didn't actually look into who he actually was. It was just they'd, yeah, we've got a gardener. So, yeah, okay, we'll make him the fall guy. And that whole, yeah, he's, he's trouble was based on seeing the medals in the box. Right, okay. So I don't think they... It was I pretty clumsy sense, again, however it was done. Again, just, a, just a, a group of supposedly professional fucking robbers or whatever that are bad at their, bad at yeah. their jobs. They didn't know who this bloke was. But again, Adam, it feeds into what you're saying there where it was a little bit clumsy and confusing. The, the absolutely classic bit of dialogue there where they find the body hanging off the wreath on the door <laughs> and someone's like, oh, shit, and whatever, and then the guy goes... Uh, it wasn't the old lady. There's only one person that could have done this. It's the gardener. And I was like, oh, <laughs> for fuck's sake. But they've kind of, like, established, by talking about thinking it was the old lady that did that, I'm like, they've kind of established that you reckon anyone could do that? <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't the old lady. There's only one person that could have done that. Uh, well, if it's the old lady, then probably... <laughs> it was the old lady who murdered that guy. <laughs> She was a that bitch. would have been a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if you'd hung around her for five minutes, she'd probably assume <laughs> she probably Well, I guess that. she would murder you if you came in with fucking mud on your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. no dirt yeah, on the carpet. In, he walked in and he asked her to, to mop up the blood that he just spilled. <laughs> That's not my job. What, kill him. <laughs> What about what I love about that is that she tells Bronzy not to bring his fucking dirty boots in, and honestly, he looks down like like he doesn't even know he's got boots on. <laughs> like, yeah. just, it was like she'd uh, it was like she'd asked him to dinner. Well, <laughs> his, his level of confusion was the same. Well, it was like she was fucking talking a different language. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she should have spoken oh, to man. him in Hungarian. <laughs> That was, uh, what else, yeah, she was what else horrendous. have you got? Jared, what else have you got? Well, so, again, this seems to be planned, but it came off as really dumb, was when they start sending people off one at a time. And so mm. they hear the lawnmower and they go, Ken, you know, take care of it or whatever. Go and, go and check it out. Ken gets his hand jammed in the mower and then killed by Bronzy. And hung off the Christmas tree by the old lady, the Christmas wreath by the old lady. But then they, they say, the guy that's sort of running the show says, here's the mower go off and goes, good, Ken took care of it. And then has a little bit of dialogue, about 30 seconds with the other two. And then he goes, what the bloody hell's taking Ken so long? Go and get him. And like sends one person off. But then yeah. at the end, you get basically told that he knew what had to happen. So... I'm to assume that he's sending those two off to get killed to leave the trail? Because mm. to me, mm. that doesn't make sense because if Bronzy's being set up, he's being set up to kill the family. So people are going, well, who the fuck are these other two people that are hanging off the door? Yeah. Mm. So then when I look at it like that, it's I go back to, no, that was just dumb sort of classic old logic of, Quick, you one person, go and check it out and 
get fed to the wolves, basically. Mm. So See, to me, Jared, if you're going to hang Bronzy out to dry, you're going to pin this entire thing on him, right? When you break into the home, you subdue Bronzy first, don't you? You subdue Bronzy and make sure you got him under control because you know he's your patsy. So you're going to have to leave well, him somewhere. Oh, yes, or... the, the sense of it was <laughs> you stab the dad in the leg with a pair of garden shears and walk off. Well, I think the thing was they wanted to get mm-hmm. in and out. Bronzy claims I have no, I've got no knowledge of this, but he's the only one that was in the house. Whereas if he comes with a story, oh, I was tied up, whatever. Which again doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, so I mean, but let's I be honest. They, let's be honest, Jared. He would not be able to convince tr- anybody of that story. <laughs> no, no, he didn't require any storytelling or anything. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was the that was the thing, right? They just wanted to get in and out. Bronzy's left holding the holding the bag. Police turn up, whatever. So I didn't have too much of a problem with that. Not subduing him. Probably had more of an issue with not knowing who the fuck he was and leaving yourself open like that. But then. If Bronzy is the Patsy, again, this is the thing. Are you setting him up for just the robbery? Which it seems like what was supposed to happen. If that's the case, mm. and old mate's killing him with guns that they're fucking brought to the scene or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's just get it gets gets too messed up for me. The dad makes a comment about trying to hang the gardener out to dry. Yeah. So- and then when they're driving to the hospital, they're all in the car together. Yeah. That would be the most awkward conversation. Yeah, that's right. But Bronzy chooses to talk about goulash in that one. He <laughs> decides that's the time to tell us that next time we make a goulash, vegetarian's better. I'll teach you how to do it. Okay. Um, isn't goulash um, got meat in it? Yeah, Has goulash well, got meat in it? Veggie. He's soy, veggie. Soy goulash. It's a veggie goulash. A soy goulash. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's... It, again, it puts this fucking spotlight on, well, why did the dad have you there? If his whole plan was, we get these fucking things, we get out, I come home, I say, this is missing, I call the police and I say, I think it was the gardener. You being home and putting yourself in the situation, again, fucks that up. <laughs> yeah, but again, Jared, I come back to, you hand the items, you're the father, you hand the items over to this Gary Daniels and his crew of morons, they don't have to break into your home. You then go back into your home, you bash the place up, you say, I've been robbed. You don't have to put a patsy in place. You don't you even need to bash the... Robbed. You don't even need to bash the place up. Because the, the... They got what they wanted. The crew didn't bash the place up until Dildo had his mask off and decided yeah. which was his plan all along, basically. So essentially, all you need to do is hand the shit over to Gary Daniels and then lie to the cops and say, we got broken into. Yeah. That's, That's it. Same thing. You don't when need to put... When they're tied up, when they're tied up, just go, what do you want? You can have whatever you want. Just leave my family alone. Yeah. Is this what yeah. you want? Here you go. Take, Take it. it. Get go. the hell out of here. Don't shoot anyone. That's all we want. Yeah. yeah. But this is why... You don't need to hang the gardener out to dry. Oh, yeah, you fucking saw my... Yeah, I don't know. It just gets too mixed up. It feels like they put too many pieces in play that weren't fully kind of worked through. Mm. Yeah, it's a classic example of trying to overcomplicate or overcomplicating a what should have been fairly simple. All it should have been, the father should never have been in on it. It should have been a home invasion because it was a rich man's home that might have cash and allegedly there's a safe somewhere and Bronzy takes him out. Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon that's, that's what, what it should have been. With. 
But yep. no, no, they had to go. They had to get more complex. <laughs> they also messed up this, the whole stakes of the piece. We already talked about, like, how the family dynamic just didn't work because it was all too kind of just one note. And so in doing that, it, it seems like they hung it off that first scene. Okay, they killed a pregnant woman. So you're supposed to say, shit, these guys are very dangerous. They're ruthless. They're very, you know... You see what they're capable of, but then when you get to the family, the stakes never go beyond that because everyone that is put in danger and is ultimately put in danger is an asshole. I mean, the killing, yes. the killing the maid was a fucking relief. We didn't have to listen to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the dad Jared... is the only other one that's shot. Everyone else is rather unscathed. Mm. See, to me, if you wanted to raise some stakes, is you shoot the daughter, right? You don't have her leave. She's tied up, and then old mate, the um, the loose cannon, shoots her. But you're raising the stakes. You're saying that now that everyone's on the block, you know this guy is he's, he's um he can't be controlled by the rest of them, and he's just killed the daughter, and anything could happen now. So go down that route. Mm. Yeah, because at least you're raising some go. stakes in the household. The dad doesn't say anything. He just sits there. Like, he should be saying, all right, guys, let's just cooperate. This is going to be over quickly. We'll just do it. Like, he doesn't say anything. I guess it escalates. Yeah, it it just feels a little bit like they they wanted to add some sort of shades to it and they were not equipped to actually have that in there. Budgetarily, yeah. probably as well. Like you, you needed to cull down your the things that you you had required, and just going with a classic home invasion slash you know taken style ass whipping would have probably worked better. It would have been more compact. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think it that's evident for me. Uh, wouldn't have stretched Bronzy as far. Well, fuck, he wasn't exactly Lisa stretched. Good, Lisa had a good run time. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, that was, a po- yeah, that was a positive. 85 minutes of your best. <laughs> uh, have you guys got anything else? No, I think no. I've dissected that one pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That is The Gardener. Uh, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Our Facebook page is Thrill Me Podcast Australia and Podomatic page is thrillme.podomatic.com and we're on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of our next episode. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.